Well, I know um, as I was crashing into this message today, um, this morning and looking at it again, and even this week as I was putting some things together, um, I just, I, I can never, it always reminds me of the times that I spend um, at the beach, the times that we go yearly and just, you know, I think it was last year, maybe it was the year before, I was just sitting in the water, probably, you know, waist high, just sitting enjoying the waves and the sun, and and then I guess I was turning back and looking to where the wife was sitting, and then before I know it, you know, a wave hits me from back behind, bam, you know, and, and um, I wasn't really that far out. Where did, that wave, where did the wave come from, you know? It, I know they keep coming, right? I know they keep coming, but it's like, bam, and sunglasses, and then, well, that's it, you know, that's it, they're gone, right? Um, they're just, who knows where they went, so, um, but as we approach um, this message today, we're in two different parts of Scripture, 1 Kings 18 again, and John 20. 1 Kings 18, and John 20. So, um, how has your prayer time been going? How has your conversations with the Lord been going? Um, I continue to talk to Him. I continue to, to uh, seek His face. Um, and even as I spent time um, as I walk that beach and I go down to my favorite spot and I get there to the jetties, um, I realize that, um, you know, the times I stood there, the times that I uh, would be there and the Lord would speak to me, there would be times that I would hear Him speaking and then I would think, I'm not sure that I'm able to do that. I'm not sure that you're going to come through. Does, has doubt ever come into your minds? Doubt as you're praying? And then you're like, you're praying, and then you're praying, and then you're thinking, I don't know. I don't know. Is that, that just, that just doesn't, to me, that just is a hindrance for me. Doubt is a hindrance. Um, and today we're going to look at Scripture and look at some different things that transpired. Doubt is a feeling of uncertainty or a lack of conviction. It is a feeling of uncertainty and a lack of conviction. Doubt says, this is what doubt says. You know, doubt speaks. Did you know that? It says, it says God is not able. What does Scripture say? God is able. Doubt says he doesn't mean what he says. That's God. The Word says what? I mean what I say. Doesn't he mean what he says? Yeah. <laughs> Doubt says um, I walk by sight and feeling. That's what doubt says. What's the Word of God say? We're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. I don't know about you, but I like to hold on to the roller coaster trucks, right, or the cars, right? And I don't do roller coasters very much anymore, but I'm not the kind of guy that goes, ah, right? I don't like that, all right? I'm holding on for dear life. I mean, I am wrapped around, holding on, and my cheeks, you know, as you're going down. And now I get so sick, I don't go anymore. But I'm holding on because I want to see the tracks. Okay, I don't want to just, oh, I'm just whatever. No, no, no. I, I want to be able to see it, right? And so when I pray, I want to see things happening. And then when they don't, 
then what sets comes in? Doubt. Right? Doubt comes in. And so today we're going to talk about that. So talking about doubt. Um, believing that He is. He is. Um, and even today as I was just reminiscing and sitting and praying, and I land, I always have like three pieces of Scripture I'm always looking at. And so I was in the book of James today. It was kind of my warm-up. And I didn't get out of there very much. I was just stuck in there just reading and thinking and reading and thinking and praying and reading. And it was almost like I had another sermon. I just I kept writing notes on the back page. That might be next week's sermon. It was like, oh my gosh, I just couldn't. The Lord was speaking. And the more I kept reading, the more I looked down at His picture, which I have in my Bible, and I said, I need you. I really, really, really need you desperately. Like right now. Like every day. Like every minute I need Him. And so um, realize that, of course, the Lord's looking for those who have faith. He's looking to see those who walk by faith and not by sight. Um, there's nothing that pleases the Lord more than that. He loves to see His people walking by faith. So as I stood there at the beach, and he goes, okay, James, I'm going to church. Okay, I'm thinking in my head, I know what it's going to take to get things going. I know what it's going to take, and I'm thinking, I ain't got it. I don't have nothing. And he goes, that's okay, I've got it. And I go, yeah, I know what your word says, that you go above and beyond. I know what your word says, but I want you to know that when I get back, home, and I don't know, because doubt sets in. And so, he really, really, really wants to see his children walking by faith and not by sight. And I believe that we've tried to do that, model that here at Red Church, um, and even in my own personal life, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Um, doubt says God's not able. It's a feeling. It's a lack of conviction. Um, Doubting involves believing what we think, see, or feel rather than what we know He has said. Um, doubts come when our expectations are not met. Do we all have expectations when we go to prayer? <laughs> right? I'm not just going to prayer just to kind of hang out. You know? In all reality, though, that's what I should be doing is just going to prayer just to hang out. Does that make sense? Do you just, do, I mean, or do we just go because we got a list? We have a list. Anybody got a list? I got a list. <laughs> Amen. And it's long, right? It's like that Christmas list, right? Our boys put it on a lot. They go, okay, Dad, everybody put your, what you want. I'm thinking, that is so weird, you know, what, what I want. For, I mean, and I'm thinking, so many people that don't have, you know, I, I don't, that just really does something to me. But I, I start putting things in there. Okay, if you, if you really want to know, here you go, go by, have fun. I'm thinking, wow. Um, but we all have those lists. And so really maybe it's the, maybe the whole secret to this whole thing of having conversations with the Father is, is you just hang out. And as you're hanging out talking, enjoying the day, then you kind of, things come up and you share and then he's like, oh, I got that. Isn't that kind of like that when you hang with your dad? Or a friend? We just went to spend a few days with our 
um, our family, we call them family, they're kind of our adopted family. Really, they adopted me. Um, we had no expectation, nothing, nothing. We just went up there just to hang out. I, I want to take them out to dinner, it never happens. I, I want to go do this, it never happens, because it's all about them and what's going on. I mean, we want to talk to them. And so we're just there having a good time, and we just start talking, and then things come up. Well, how's so-and-so? Who's, how's this going? What's going on? He goes, he goes you know what? I'm going to send them a note. Or really, I'm like, oh, thank the Lord. For, I mean, he says, think, he hears it, and he wants to what? He wants to meet the what? The need. That's what daddy wants to do, right? So when my kids come to my house, I'm like, okay, what do you need? Oh, no, dad, I'm here to say hi, man. And, and oh, hey, it's, oh, it's dinner time. Oh, my gosh. And your hair looks like, oh, Sharon, get the clippers out. So you get a meal, you get your hair cut, and there's any other problems dad might be able to help you with. Anything else I might be able to do. Oh, my car's on the Lord. Well, did you try that? Oh, yeah, that's good. Thanks a lot. That's good. So what did you just get? You just got, by hanging out with dad, you got what? You got a meal. You got your hair cut. And you got a little advice. What a great thing, right? Why, not, why would you not stop into the house? Now, that they come just because of that? Well, let's don't go there. <laughs> right? We hope our motives are all what? Are all good. And, uh, well, but then that, that doubt sets in. Because, why? Because we had those expectations. Um, you know, I'm expecting the Lord to really do something. Here's what my dad says in his little, you know, he's wrote for things for 30 years for pastors underground. That's what my dad's, and you'll, you'll never really see that. Isn't that funny how the things you do sometimes are not seen? I mean, he got no, you know, glory out of that. He, he sat in a, behind a computer as he would travel in and out of China. Um, and he would sit there on those trains around people that were not of his race, and he'd be eating, you know, food that wasn't even cooked. I'm going, oh, dad. Oh. He goes, oh, it's so good. I go, oh, oh, oh. He'd eat stuff that was raw. I'm thinking, that'll get here? That would make us sick. He goes, oh, no, it's good. Oh, he'd eat it. But he would do that, and then he'd sit behind a computer screen for 30 years or so, and he'd produce material to be able to give it to pastors who were underground. Did you realize today there's churches right now that are not supposed to be meeting? If they were found out, they would be killed instantly. They meet anyway. And today I get to get up. I can go anywhere I want. Free. And say, Jesus! Can't there. So dad says this about this concept of doubt when he's writing here about this scripture we're going to look at. Matter of fact, we're in James 1, 6 right now. That's kind of a little side verse. But he says, The individual who doubts is still torn between the spiritual and the carnal. Yeah. He's like the waves in the ocean that rise at one moment and sink the next. A yes and a no man who believes one moment and fails to believe the next. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? Thanks, Dad, for that little nugget. He's still very much attached to the world. He keeps digging. I don't like what Dad's writing here. Very much attached. Are, are you attached to the world? No. No. <laughs> I'm very much attached. I kept thinking of things I like. And love. I love my wife. I want her close. I love her little puppy. Close. I love the Monday... Stopping at Sprouts, the chocolate-covered raisins. Ooh. Or nuts. 
chocolate cover something. Chocolate covered. Chocolate. <laughs> right? This time of year, I, I, the lights are going, I like to get in the car, push everything aside. Let's just drive. A cup of coffee or chocolate. And we're just running through the neighborhoods, looking. It's just fun. I like my cars. I like my home. Right? I used to like the one mower, but it broke. I don't like it anymore. I like the other mower. No. Right? I mean, what things are you attached? What attached to you? Right? Don't we? So he's saying here that we're carnal. Thanks, Dad. That's nice. This double-minded, whoa, this double-minded, unstable person. <laughs> I don't like these comments. I'm going to call him today and tell him about these comments. That was not very nice. This double-minded, unstable person should not think that he will receive wisdom or anything from the Lord. <laughs> That's what Scripture says. Look at James 1, 6-8. It says this. But when you ask, because you got your list, right? You're seeing, you're sitting in front of Dad with conversation. Hello, Father, I just happened to be here this morning. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about something. And, oh, by the way, number one says... <laughs> Um, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything. Keep it right there. If you're doubting, you get nothing. Can you imagine getting up Christmas morning? Go to the tree, and there's nothing there. Don't we go up and we look for the presents? We go, oh, oh here, oh, James, here, Sharon's your stack over there. You got a bird? Is that one not there? And here's Greg's and Julie's and here's Daniel's and the, right. Do you do the ready, set, go thing? Go, everybody, or do you do the one at a time? Ooh, ooh, oh, ooh, nice. That was a good one. That, you got, whoa, nice, right, right. Or if you get up and you're like, ah. It's because you doubted that there was no Santa Claus. You get nothing. <laughs> you get nothing. Right? That's what the, where'd that come from, right? We got away from Scripture. Oh, my gosh. See how it seeks in the church? Through the pastor. That's how it gets in. <laughs> That person should not expect to receive anything. I'll put it on top of my notes. Double-minded. Today's message is about the double-minded man and woman. What? what, what? Double-minded. When we start doubting God and His Word, we're driven and tossed about like a surf of the sea. To be double-minded is to go back and forth in our thinking. We doubt that the Lord will do what He promised. We doubt what the Lord promised He would do. Did He say He's our healer? Yes. Did He say He's, he's our provider? Yes. Then why do I doubt? Why do I fret? And why am I at Jesus' feet and so-and-so is running around making dinner, tell her, you know what's better? To sit at Jesus' feet. 
right? To believe what he says. So here's two people today we're going to look at. In 1 Kings 18, you know this fella. He's Elijah. We've talked about him. Matter of fact, was it last week or the week before? Um, it's crazy, right? Even preachers forget what we preached last week, but um, I think it was last week. We talked about that last part there um, in the book of 1 Kings chapter 18, the end. He's on Mount Carmel, and he sends his servant to see if there's uh, any change in the weather. Remember that part? Well, let's go back about half an hour or so, or an hour. Um, even back for that, about four hours. Let's go back to the morning time on that day when there was Elijah, and he was running from the king, and there was no rain for three and a half years. Again, Elijah prayed, and there was no rain for three and a half years. Let me say it again. Again, he prayed, and there was no rain for three and a half years. You think Elijah was a man of faith? Yes. Did he have strong faith? Yes. Do I want to be like him? Absolutely. And the Bible says you can be in the book of James. You're a man just like he is. So why do we doubt? Maybe you're in your situation because the Lord wants you to learn something. I don't like that. Well, you have no option. He's got you there for a reason. I don't know why. I don't like it myself sometimes. Right? We go through seasons. Whew, I can't wait till the season changes, right? Right. Father, in your name, change the season. And he says, nothing sometimes. I'm sitting here. I see you. Can you move your mouth a little bit like, okay? <laughs> or... Got it. Anything, Father. Well, here's Elijah. He comes to present himself before the king. The king says, okay, here I am. Of course, the king says, you trouble. I'm not in trouble. You're the troubler. Anyway, they're going back and forth. And Matthew goes, you know what? If Baal's God, then he'll do this. God's God, he'll do this. He knows exactly what the Lord will do. Don't we know what our Lord can do? Don't you know? So he says, okay, you build an altar. You put your calf on top, your bull, and you prophets, 400, 450 you guys. There's only one of me. You got 450 people be praying to Baal. I guarantee one of those 450 will get in touch with Baal, and then fire will come down and consume the sacrifice. You know the story, right? If you don't read it today. Well, they frantically went around for four hours or so, slashing themselves praying to their Baal God, and nothing happened. The Bible says about noon, Elijah started taunting them a little bit. Have you ever done that? We watch football on TV. They start taunting. It gets a little crazy out there on the football field. But they're taunting each other. And so here is Elijah. He says, shout louder. Surely he's a God. Perhaps he's deep in thought. Oh, he's getting real bad. He's starting to real. Oh, maybe he's busy. Busy, Baal's busy, busy, busy. But wait, what I'm thinking is this too, okay? You're next, right? Okay, let's just say you're doing it. Busy, I know, and then, what if God doesn't answer by fire? Right? 
Isn't that what she happens to you? I have this girl keeps calling me all the time. She calls me um, from down the street here at the ministries, and she's, I don't know what she's wanting to do, but she goes, hey, can we, can I pray for you guys? I said, absolutely. My wife's there with me. I said, absolutely. I said, we have uh, one, one little girl that um, has some issues, um, and then another little child has issues, and then this other person has issues, and I mean, these are like major health issues, right? And she, and she's like, oh, 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 okay, well, and then she prayed about something else. I'm thinking, did she not believe that, Right? So I'm thinking, like she's thinking, like, okay, I'm going to pray. Is God really going to answer? And if not, then I look like, right? Don't you ever see a person in a wheelchair going by and the spirit guy says, pray for me? Like, yeah, but, you know, if I pray, then everybody around me will be like, oh, is there really a God out there? <laughs> is he busy? Perhaps he's busy. Going on vacation. We don't like that taunting, do we, from people? We don't like that, do we? No. Well, so they end up, he's like, everybody get away. All right, let me go. He fixes the altar, puts the bull back on top. He goes, okay, now, it hasn't rained in three and a half years. Where did they get the water? I don't know. Put these four jugs of water on top. Do it again. Do it again. This place is soaked. The trench around it is full of water. I'm thinking, hey, there wasn't any rain through it. Where did, anyway, they got rid of the water they had, right? And he prays like a 50-word prayer or less. I didn't count them this time. I think it was like 52. Anyway, he prays a prayer in faith, and what happened? You know the story, right? Whoa, can you imagine being there? And you ever had your hand too close to the fire? And it gets all curled up. It's all black, kind of smell like, woo, that's bad. Right? Mm. Whoa. No, 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 I had nothing left on that hand. It's just bare skin. That's a man of faith. He didn't, but you know what? And it happened. I wonder why when we pray, right? I wonder what's going on. Are we a double-minded man attached to the world? That really checked my spirit this morning. And don't take this in a bad way, but isn't it funny how once a month prayer the ones that are there sometimes is when things are really bad. And then when things get really good, they're not there anymore. Isn't that kind of crazy how things happen like that? Not personal, not, not getting in your business or nothing, but isn't that kind of funny how when things are good? I think that's why America's like America is. Because we have everything we need. And then if we don't, we got someone who's researching it with a special drug that'll help us over here, right? It's, we don't need God anymore. Or am I on the wrong track? So Elijah, a man of faith, he didn't waver at all. He wasn't, because he said to these people that were there, he goes, hey, why are you wavering back and forth? Yes, no, yes, no. 
And my mind, when I'm praying, is it going, yes, no, maybe, I don't know. Yes, he will. It says that, but no. Well, it's been a month now, and now it's been six months, and now it's been a year. <laughs> Doubt setting in. Right? Doubt sets in. Don't let doubt set in. Then I was thinking, who in all the Scripture is the one who was the worst at doubt? And you would say, Thomas, right? Right? Thomas! I don't think that's right. I don't. Have you realized what Thomas said like a couple months before that happened, when he said that? Like, what did he say? Let's go look. <laughs> In John 20, 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. Now what just happened? Jesus died and rose again, and the guys are hiding in a house, and Jesus comes through the wall. Can you imagine? Everything's locked. Hey, guys, peace be with you. I'll be going like, oh, my God. It came through the wall, right? He goes, give me a piece of fish. Now, Thomas comes later after Jesus leaves. And now think about Thomas, okay? He is banking on it. I mean, that's, to me, when I said this morning, I'm banking on it. I have placed my total trust in Jesus Christ. I have placed my, I have positioned myself in everything I do, my finances, my family, what I do, I'm banking on Jesus coming back. I'm banking on heaven. Right? I'm, I'm banking that this is true. Does that make sense? I'm banking on it. So I'm sitting there believing that. And here's Thomas. He is banking on everything Jesus says. He is all in. Would you not say he's all in? Thomas is all in. But he comes now, and Jesus is gone. He's dead. And he's like, all my hopes and dreams are gone. Because Jesus is gone. Right? Because he can't see Jesus anymore. So Thomas comes back, and the guys are like, Thomas, you won't believe it. We've seen the Lord, he said to them. Well, unless I see the nails, marks in his hands, and put my finger in his side, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. That sounds a lot like me. How about you? Well, unless I see some movement in that direction, Right? Like that, I need a $1,000 check. At least need a 500 to come in this week. I need some movement, right? I need a little movement here. I'll take 50 bucks. I need something, okay? I need a $100 bill to fly in the front yard. I need, I need, I need, I need to hear a phone call. I need to, I have a note. I need to, ha I need to have to say something. I, I need something, right? So Thomas is like, Pfft. now who's hearing this? The disciples. Who else is really hearing this? Jesus. He's probably laughing like, Father, what do you think? Go, 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 just for fun. Go get him. Yeah, look at him. Just, can, you, yeah, can, you, can you imagine what they're saying, Father, Son? Just, just go, 
Make his day. Make his day. Jesus, make my day. Right? Right? Amen. A week later, I underline that. A week later, seven days later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Okay, Thomas. Have you know what I've noticed? The times that I don't show up for things is when God really moves. Example, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I could feel it ramping up. It was getting late at night. The kids came in. There was hundreds on campus. They were ramping up, and it was my, my job to take care of seven red buses that never ran. They had to run the next day, so I'm always taking care of that. But I was like, I was dead dog tired. It was a summer thing, probably the second month of the thing. You're running seven days uh, a week. You only get a half a day off on Sunday afternoon. That's all you get. You get you get a half a day off, and you're back at it again. I mean, we were dead dog tired. And I'm like, I am wiped out. I'm going to go home, get a little bit of sleep, come right back in tomorrow and start all over. So, and I knew, though, I could feel God ramping up. The kids were getting excited. People were praying all over the campus. They were praying in the bus, praying in the other. They were praying. I mean, they were, they were seeking God. They were loving God, seeking God, praying, praying. Oh, my gosh. I could feel God ramping up. And I'm thinking, okay, that's awesome for you, but I am dead dog tired. I went home. Wife is there with the kiddos because they're all still young. Rent down, got up, went back to campus, and I could feel it was, it was a huge complex. It was an old warehouse, two-story with the shape of an L. It was huge. And the, um, the African-American pastor comes out. And he goes, James, the Cornelius. He goes, James, God showed up. I said, oh, my gosh, and I love it. He goes, I know. He goes, oh, he goes, and he was the only one that was still up during the time that God showed up. Everybody else was wiped out, meaning the Lord came in, and everybody was wiped out on the ground. They, they, could, they were out. I've never seen that. He did. He said it was the most incredible thing he'd ever seen. Hundreds of people wiped out, passed out, because God showed up. He goes, everywhere I walked, James, I go, oh my gosh, Cornelius, tell me. He goes, everywhere I was walking, there were people, they were out. They wouldn't even move, and some were shaking, some were praying. They were out. They didn't even know what was going on. They were wiped out. I go, oh my gosh. He goes, he got up, he said, I'm stepping over this, we got over here. They're, they're all, they're all clapping. Oh my gosh, James, he showed up. It's giving me bumps thinking about it. He only, only seen that complex of people. Why did he show up? Why did he show up? Because they were hungry. They were thirsty. They were needy. I wonder if people come to church if there's no coffee. I wonder if I come to church if it's cold inside. There's no heat. I wonder if there's no gifts or presents at the door when you come in. Or smoke. Would you still come to church? These kids were so hungry. They were like 17 to 20-year-old kids that were coming in waves that came in the summer. And I never seen, oh, my gosh. So Thomas is like, okay, I'm in the house again. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood amongst them. Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, can you imagine Thomas? Whoa. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Jesus is here. And you, you know what you said, right? You know what you said a week before, right? Okay. And there he is. You ever said something about like, like your brother or somebody? Like I, like I said something about my brother and here he shows up at my house. Oh, 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 did you call him? Oh, here he is at my house. What's my brother doing here? That's not good. I just, 
Yeah. <laughs> so here's Jesus. He said to Thomas, put your finger here. <laughs> See my hands? Reach out. Put them on your side. Stop doubting and believe. That's what Jesus is saying to us today. Stop doubting and believe what I said. Should I say that again a little louder? Stop doubting and believe what I said. That's what Jesus is saying this morning. Stop doubting. I'm going to say to him, my Lord, my God, doubts vanish. Whew. Hmm. How do, how, how do doubts vanish? How do you make them run? How do you make doubts run? Well, number one, you realize that Jesus wins every time. That he's already won and victorious. You read the end of the book and he wins, right? So now you know in whom you believe. So know that he wins. That's number one. Number two is you feed on the Word of God, and you meditate on it, you recite it, and you get it in your spirit because faith comes by... <laughs> so you do that. You repeat scriptures like this. You repeat scriptures like, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. I can do all things... Through him who strengthens me. You're walking down campus. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I need an A on this test. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I've studied. I've prayed. i believe. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And you sit down and boom, you're on it. I've done it. It works. Now, if I haven't studied and I had not done nothing, going, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And the guy's like, what? There's nothing there, dude, to get. But I've looked at it, recited it, and now he, he helps me retrieve it. Like, oh, perfect. Right? Isn't that awesome? You keep saying it. And my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And my God will meet all my needs according, and your God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory. And you keep saying it over and over and over again. You fill up on the word. You hear it. You hear it. And faith starts building. And you say, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. I will never leave you. God says, I will never leave you. He says, ask. He says, seek. Knock. Those who ask, see. Those who seek, find those who what? Right? You keep reciting over and over and over and over. That's what you do. You go, God's winning. Always, always will. I am a winner. And then what? Also right here, I believe the word of God. That's what you do. You say it over and over and over again. You recall God's past faithfulness. Father, you know, I remember back when you healed my son. He should have died, but I remember that. I remember that day it turned, and he got better and better and better. I remember that. God, you're faithful. I didn't even come up in prayer today. God's faithful. Amen? So I'm banking on that. And you go back to when something was good, right? Lord, it was just a minute ago I didn't feel well, but now I'm feeling good. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. That's awesome. You give God praise for that. So 
God cannot lie. He will always keep his word. You cannot lose God's trustworthiness. Our Lord Jesus does not leave. He is always with you now and forever. He's with you. That's good news. Amen? That's good news. So you do that. So you send that flying. So you know what? But then you look at, at Thomas and think, okay, what about Thomas? He was, he was Mr. Doubter. Well, was he? Look back. Look back on John eleven sixteen. Here is John eleven sixteen. Look at my Bible here. Take a look at John eleven with you. John eleven sixteen. Then we'll we'll close with this. Here is Jesus' best friend in the whole wide world was Lazarus. He died. Lazarus, remember Lazarus died. He was put in the tomb. He's been about four days, and the girls were like, "Ooh, he's thinking. Ooh, don't oh don't roll the oh oh, move the stone. Oh oh really? I mean he, he's gonna oh it's bad bad." Who's right there? He's the resurrection of life is right here. Excuse me? Roll the stone away, right? Is God able or what? Right? God is so able. Um, so anyway, here he is. In John eleven sixteen. 16 here, it says here, Then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go that we may, may die with him. So what happened was they told him that Lazarus died. Jesus said, Okay, we'll get there in a few days. We'll be back. We'll get there. And so, but Thomas says, Hey, Let's go there so that on the way we may die with him. What does that mean? Jesus was going back into a volatile area where they wanted to stone him to death. And Thomas is like, I'll go with you. And it doesn't matter if we die. Wow. You ever been in a situation where it's a scary situation? You're like, I can't really say I've been in this situation here in the States. But can you imagine being the specters or whatever, or if they're there and the person comes through and destroys a church that they built, and they do that weekly, they'll build one, they come in and tear it down. He's going over there to build another one. And they just, I mean, can you imagine being there? And they go, a gun to your head? Huh. It could happen. What would you do? Thomas says, let's go. I'm all in. I'm all in. I guess that might be the question for the day. Are you all in?